Hello, my friend, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the 22nd day of February. Thanks for joining me in this latter portion of the 29th chapter of Genesis, continuing the journey with Jacob. He has now married Rachel and Leah, and I told you yesterday that we're going to see God intervene. We're literally seeing the covenant God intervene in verse 31, when the Lord, capital, all caps, L-O-R-D, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Other translations say, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And whatever word is used there, the obvious connotation is that Leah is the rejected wife of Jacob, while Rachel is the accepted wife. Let's not read more into it than is there, especially considering there's a lot there. So don't read into it God made it to where Rachel couldn't have a child to, to prove a point to Jacob. Instead, read what is there. The Lord saw that Leah was unloved. He opened her womb. So perhaps neither woman was able to bear children, but then Leah, unloved by Jacob, God sees that not only can she not bear children, but she doesn't even have Jacob's affections to help her deal with the fact that she can't bear children. Rachel, who also can't bear children, seems to at least have Jacob's love and affection and consolation. So God does what God does so well and so often. God intervenes to bring his love into the loveless, into the hated. If you were to take this text from verse 31 all the way down through the middle part of Genesis 30, the next chapter, you would see the children that Leah has listed and then the eventual children that Rachel will bear listed because God will eventually open her womb in the middle portion of the 30th chapter. And you will find that God blesses Jacob during this time with 12 sons. Of course, we know 12 goes on to be the number of the tribes of Israel. Israel, of course, Jacob's name when it's changed, stories that we're going to get to, but You can see all of this laying out as you proceed through the story. And God does this in spite of the fact that Jacob doesn't include God. Remember, the only reference we've had of Jacob talking to God is at the the revelation of the angels going up and down the ladder at Bethel. So Jacob is essentially prayerless. He is outside of any sort of personal relationship with God And yet God blesses him, again, because Jacob is in covenant, not because Jacob is doing the right thing. And so it is not a story meant to tell you to go do the wrong thing and expect to be blessed because you're in the covenant. It's a story maybe that's meant to tell you your blessings never had anything to do with you doing the right thing. They have to do with the covenant, with Jesus. So within this story, however... Uh, You get the 12 sons, you get the rivalry between Rachel and Leah, uh, who is competing for Jacob's affections, and you get the, the, the real struggle going on by the way the mothers name the boys, So because the names of the children reflect the struggle going on between Rachel and Leah, and they reflect the recognition that each woman has in God's assisting them um, in their unloved state, in their childless state. They are more in relationship with God in their barrenness than Jacob is 
in his prosperity. Jacob, being blessed, isn't really acknowledging God. Rachel and Leah, in the middle of barrenness, constantly are acknowledging God. And what I see in this 31st verse, when the Lord saw Leah, it's the second of the wives that God saw. Remember, he saw Hagar in the middle of the wilderness when she was ran out of the house by Sarah. Sarah was the preferred wife. Hagar was the, uh, the, the wife of circumstance. And God ends up seeing her because she is rejected. Here's Leah, another wife of circumstance, actually the result of Jacob having been cheated, sort of the fruits of his own labor. And she's rejected. And yet God goes to see her because God graciously builds up the entire nation of Israel through his championing, championing is the word I'm looking for there. He champions the needs of the needy. He steps in where people are desperate, like Hagar, like Leah, like Hannah in 1 Samuel when she prays and God blesses her with a son who becomes Samuel, the prophet. Now, there are going to be a lot of failure by Jacob and a lot of failure by Jacob's family, and it's going to result in a lot of rivalry among the tribes of Israel, but that's because humanity struggles to get along. But what we see as we work through Genesis 29, particularly this 31st verse and on through, is that God pours grace on Leah, the unloved wife, and half of Jacob's sons, including the priestly line of Levi, the messianic line of Judah, all come through Leah. Isn't that amazing? So both Aaron's priesthood and Christ's kingship come through the family of Leah, the unloved. It's as if Jesus is birthed out of the union between the unloved and the revelatory love of God. And you don't know the great things that will be birthed out of the union of the grace and favor and revelatory love of God with those who are in the greatest need. Um, there, there's so much. And I, I'm debating over the next few days, of, or, or debating within me how we handle the next few days in regards to the children. Do we go name each of the children and walk through it? I don't really think we're going to go there Um, I think we're going to deal a little bit in the 30th chapter with Jacob's prosperity and what, why that was important and what that meant. Um, there's some very interesting stories to deal with as he deals with his wives. And we'll try to go down that road with him as we dig into the 30th chapter of Genesis. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.